Welcome to Photography Insights, the show that goes behind the scenes with people from the photography industry. Now, how do you introduce someone who is both funny, forthright and totally committed to her role in society? Because for some people it's more than a job, it's more than passion, it's simply who you are. And today's guest is the one and only Michelle Groskoff, a street and editorial photographer from LA. Now she's an interesting figure, Um, her career's moved very rapidly from the world of street to purses, people and some rather interesting clients. And after shooting for a certain favourite magazine of mine, um, she was lucky enough to work with people in the tech industry. Um, When I say tech, I mean the big bosses, as in people like Bill Gates, Jack Dorsey etc. And what is really great about this is Michelle took these photos in her own style, not a standard corporate headshot. She remained true to who she was. Anyway, we discuss all sorts and have a great laugh, so here are a few points from it. Finding a mentor, how wide changed her life, vivid websites, voyeuristic styles, telephoto lenses, COVID, sexism and racism, fighting equality. Now I do have a certain uh, Mr Pirello from Candid Frame to thank you uh, for recommending. I really do appreciate it mate. Michelle was nothing but honest uh, and talked a little bit about her upbringing and the fight of being a female gay photographer which is obviously um, a big thing to open up about to all of you. So I do hope you thank uh, Michelle for that. Uh, To give you an idea of what's to come, um, here's a little quote I've taken from it. To be a black person now and to recognise the whole world stands in your way of your greatness. Thank you for that. So uh, Michelle doesn't escape the wrath of my random questions. So find out what Michelle's ideal headlines are and the relevance of skipping school. Uh, For anyone checking the website out, uh, there'll be links to some of the uh, guests and people she mentions in the show. And of course links to Michelle's Instagram and her website. Just like to take this opportunity to thank the friends of the show as always. Um, For anyone who's into Zines, please do check out Static Age. I mention them each and every week. There's some lovely um, and talented artists on there. And Peter Static uh, manages to get some um, lovely work from them and um, has a unique way of presenting them to you. Uh, There's a little bit of him in everything he does, so do check out that. For anyone who's into film photography, my supplier uh, is obviously a friend of the show. That is um, filmdev.co.uk. There's always a link on my website to him. Uh, David uh, does development of uh, C41 black and white um, a few different sizes um, very reasonable prices and he's currently too busy to take on any work so please do bear with him uh, I know I've um, held him back waiting for when he comes uh, to be free again and we have had a, another uh, review so I would like to just read that one out to you so the, this review came from um, Mr. Dowling, aka Cosmo Photo, and it goes something like this. 
a podcast I've listened to a lot. Great to be involved finally. Well worth a listen if you're into photography of all kinds, but especially if you're interested in film. So thank you very much, Stephen. That's really appreciated. And there'll be more next week. So for now, let's sit back, relax, play the music, and away our guest Michelle. And welcome to the show, Michelle. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks for uh, coming on the show early in LA and uh, tea time over here on uh, oh, late nice. afternoon. <laughs> yeah, 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 nice, nice. I, I never say the word tea time because we always get confused between meals. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it means very different things in LA. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm picturing you sipping tea and you're having yes. your dinner, or but dinner is not dinner. It's yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. We had this conversation once with someone, and we was like, we gave up in the end. It's just like, I don't know. But there we go. So, obviously, we invited you on because of a mutual friend, um, uh, Mr. Perello, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, he's um, awesome. He, he obviously recommended you, and he thought it'd be really interesting to see um, the progress of your work over, I think it's about three years ago, he said. Yeah. When, when, when you last yeah, was on the show. Strange. Yeah. yeah, and he said, you know, what what they should do is listen to his podcast and then listen to mine after. Yes. <laughs> so there we go, yeah. That, that's that's awesome. the way we'll have to sell this. That's awesome. <laughs> I need to go back and listen to his podcast. It was such a great podcast, a great interview. Um, um, at the time, I was just, you know, on my journey, early yeah. stages of my journey towards being a professional photographer and... I think a lot of my ideas are exactly the same now, mm-hmm. but my experience is, has increased a lot. And so I have a lot more know-how now. Um, yeah. You've cool. learned about I, the industry. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. was you just going into sort of editorial um, yes. back then? Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's not very that long early. ago. No, not at all. My career amped up very quickly uh, for sure. What was the catalyst for that then? Um, There was definitely uh, at least one. Um, Well, first it started off, I guess, probably back when I did that original podcast, I was starting to do work for Toby Kaufman, who had been at the time the photo director at Refinery29. And she um, is great at finding untapped talent. And she's a very supportive person. Um, I consider her a mentor in my life. And she found my work online, um, my street photography, and thought, oh, like, why don't I hire Michelle to photograph for some assignments? And the first one was to go to Miami to photograph some... um, some amazingly cute elderly women um, in Miami Beach with, okay. for this purse purse story. And it, like, in my mind, nobody in a million years would ever hire me for something like that. Like, to <laughs> yeah. look at my street work. But she did. And and the photos turned out great. And, um, and so that got me on the roll. So for like a year, I was shooting a lot for Refinery29, a little bit for Vice. Um, but that was it. I was still working. I believe three years ago, I was probably working at a coffee shop at that point. Um, wow. 
And no, 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 three years ago, that's not true. I think uh, I was working in um, as a prop shopper, but still totally yeah. very far from anything that you know I'd ever done. I was driving around um, sourcing props for commercials and editorial photography. Um, that's what I was doing. So very, and then in the meantime, I was taking photos, street photography, you know, pretty so, much yeah. every day. You see that? How can she see, like, your talent as a street photographer? Because a lot be funny, it is so different to, say, doing, like, a beauty photo or a product photo, isn't it? Right. But she that's what's be... great about it. Like, yeah. I think she, 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 like, was very, maybe she was a little bit, like, bored of, like, typical beauty shoots and thought, hey, let's add a, a, another dimension, a, a more maybe sincere a little bit more raw dimension to something that yeah. would normally just be in a studio with like typical lighting and yeah. i think since that time that um editorial has become i mean there's been a lot of room for a lot of experimentation like since people like toby kaufman there's a lot of editors right now who look to people who make really interesting work to tell stories not hard journalism stories, but editorial yeah. portraits and whatnot, like some really cool people out there um, making really interesting work, um, very different from what you'd expect. And I think maybe the industry needed that. Also, folks like me, you know, if you're doing street photography, uh, I was like a one man band. I was out there uh, with my own little flash and camera and I could do a lot with very little. And so yeah. in the end, I was like, you know, not only the interesting choice, but the cheap choice too. Like I, you know, yeah. I got paid the, the rate and everything, but like the burden of, uh, you know, a six person crew to shoot something simple. And then the end result is very, um, just uh, cold sucks. So, and then mm. from there, the next big thing, which I talk about a lot was I, I had a, a show, um, a solo show in LA and uh, toby was in town and she brought with her some editors to see my show and i loved my show it was really cool uh mm. through the lucy foundation um and milk studios and um so it was just this really great show of my portraits i was very proud of uh, mm. at the time printed beautifully and so she brought these editors along and they sorry i'm just gonna shift my seat um and uh Alexander, who is the director of photography, who is the director of photography at Wired magazine in the United States, was one of the guests that wow. came with her and saw my work. And like a couple weeks later, maybe even less, I get this call. Hi, this is Anna Alexander from Wired. Uh, what are you doing this summer? Do you want to go and shoot some some portraits with us? And I was like, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I spent like almost two months on the road with her and her team. And I got to shoot the entire uh, Wired 25th anniversary issue. Like, that's a miracle. Uh, like, I cannot talk about that enough. Like, when something like that <laughs> happens to you, it changes your life, obviously. Like, oh, and not, yeah. only, not only did I get to shoot all these portraits, I, she was very clear to me, like, you do it like you do it on the street. You shoot. And she has a big heart for street photography. And Mm. same same instinct to like do something different she could hire a typical photographer to shoot you know studios of yeah. like all these people it was like all the greatest people in tech and science in the united states basically 
and so Bill Gates and all these folks and um, and you know she could have done in a few days try and fly all these people out and do these studio shoots with them or we could hit the road and have a fun adventure and make something that nobody has seen before and so I have these photos of like Bill Gates and Zuckerberg and all these people that like are very different from how you usually get to see them and that like just changed my life uh, after you do something like that you get hired more you know? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I'm like, not surprised yeah cool yeah and also uh, taught me so much in a short amount of time like it was crazy it was like being thrown into something much bigger than me and learning yeah. how to swim you know very quickly to be honest I can't blame you not wanting to talk about it because it's it's amazing. I mean, for me, it's great because I have been a Wired fan for many years. Oh, yeah, stopped and started. Uh -huh. So this is where uh, I found this story about you being an equal nerd as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, surely that is like the perfect job for you then. Yeah, yeah. And that's another reason why I think that she felt comfortable hiring me is because that mm. I could have conversations with these people about what they were doing and be genuinely excited. I used to produce... Um, and develop television in New York City and a, a lot of it was like these one-hour special science specials and um, that's like you know science research and stuff and that is like my big passion so anything related to the human body especially so being sent out on that and having already known some of the people and their research and was so thrilling for me and just a, a good fit changed my life I never like I oh those two women so much for hmm. i don't even know for taking a chance on me you know yeah i mean there's two things i want to pick up on here obviously uh you're a lady in photography and obviously that um yeah um as you would say you're queer as well so mm -hmm. that's obviously one big thing but the thing big thing for everyone listening um you know anyone knowing your work would say you're a street photographer so yeah. for you to go shoot you know, Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and create your work. And you are totally correct. I can't tell people enough to check your site out. <laughs> the work is so you. You can see vivid colours. It's close yeah. up. Um, yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. the parts of the bodies that you're interested in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. I was so lucky. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, if I think about it, like, yeah. It was just, uh, I don't know if I'll ever be granted another experience like that again. I don't know. I mean, I would love to do that for musicians and oh, stuff yeah. like that, given the opportunity, strong women, that would be really cool. Um, you know, yeah. But she just gave me the room. I knew like when I was taking the photos, but first of all, I have to apologize. I really need to update my website because it's like two years old now and it's about time. And I've been just working so much and so busy that I, I personally get very overwhelmed with the idea of cleaning house. It's like, yeah. I have, but I have to hmm. update my website because um, I've done so much work since then. But uh, yeah, like when it comes to those particular photographs, I was really like, I just wanted to get these people off of their pedestals pull them down to earth and what hmm. I love about photography is that it stops time so that you could just kind of look at something and I wanted us all as viewers to be able to look at their faces up close and like because when do you ever get to do that like yeah. you don't like 
Mm. Just really look at them, look at them in their eyes for good or bad. They're affecting mm. all of our lives and um, they have a lot of control over our lives, whether we know it or not. And mm. they deserve to be scrutinized a little bit. And so the only way I was able to do that was to just, just approach it like I would anybody else in the street. That's how I treated them all. Just like, I got, I was like this close to Bill Gates, like in his face. <laughs> Although, I mean, there's so many amazing, it's like, you know, almost 50 portraits. It's like yeah. an amazing group of people. I just wanted us all to get a chance to look at them, like I wanted to. So I think I accomplished that. I feel really proud of that project. Nice. Okay. I yeah. saw um, another interesting element of the shoot is your approach to getting the shot. Yeah. So, you know, a traditional portrait might look at a three light setup and a two light setup and, right. and they would have a certain focal length but obviously right. I read all about this and your style is you were moving around the person and trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. um and was it Bill's feet you picked up on yeah I got yeah. I got everybody's feet yeah like everybody even um now I'm forgetting his name which you know is very much me. I never remember anybody's names, even if yeah. they're famous. Um, but the the CEO of Twitter, the founder of Twitter. Oh, Jack Dorsey. Um, yes, thank you. Yeah. He was wearing sandals, and I just yeah. like, I had to. <laughs> he was like um he was like a floating monk. Um, and I I just had to get his feet. Uh, I got everybody's feet in hand. I think like especially people who are used to a lot of media attention are trained in media attention. Yeah. Um, are very good at controlling their faces yeah. but you know that doesn't always extend to the hands and feet and so you can actually learn a lot about somebody through their hands and their feet and how they hold themselves and you know nervous gestures they make with their hands and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff and, and like hands have a lot of personality feet have a lot of personality choices of what you're wearing have a lot of personality or or can yeah. point to personality so like yeah no body part goes unnoticed i have to like <laughs> just get like yeah somebody once said that i'm this is so weird um that that i'm like um like a butcher almost like i like to cut uh images up into pieces and then re put them together in a way that tells a different uh, um okay. a different narrative yeah and i really i kind of like that i think that's true postmodern style i guess yeah, yeah, but that's nice, and it's like you're saying you, you're not focusing on the person as a whole. Yeah, you're focusing on elements and yes. then putting it together as a story. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah but I, now with the uh, with editorial photography, especially now with COVID, because I'm still working, hmm. like I've had to get I've had to figure out alternatives because I can't get close to people. I can't, okay. um, you know like I can't do my usual style of one flash work. Also, I've right. become really enamored with like getting a little bit better with lighting. And so I mm. find that I do do two, three light work now. And because of COVID I've had to use, um, I've learned a lot about uh, telephoto lenses and I never mm -hmm. thought in my life I would ever, you know, fall in love with like a 135 or a, or a 200 <laughs> lens, but the wow. compression is quite nice. and. Yes you know, I've had to use these lenses, like, I have to be quite far back from people. So it's like a new lesson. I'm always learning, you know, how, how do you, you know, how, like, how do you do something in that vein, traditional vein, um, and still be fresh or still be, 
Hmm. You know, interesting. Also, editorial is quite different from street. I often find like people, editors are like, yeah, we want you to do you. Just, just give it like, yeah. And then I do it and they're like, eh, that's a bit much. Like, that's too you. Can we scale it back 50% so that it's like a little bit more, um, a little bit less raw and weird and a little bit more story. Also, I have expectations for editorial that I'm still working on um, vanishing. Like I have my, I, this is a thing that has troubled me my whole life where I have ideas about things and I think that they have to be that way when they don't. And so I'm often kind of fearful about like really expressing myself in the way that I like to, except for street mm. photography, which is why I love it so much. Uh, that I've never had a problem. It's exactly how I see things. With editorial, there's a sort of assumption that there's an audience and the street stuff I do for myself, I don't want context. I don't care about context. I'm not, you know, I'm, I started to tell stories with more than one street photo. Like I'll follow somebody around a little bit. Um, okay. I think that's been really interesting, fun process, but for the most part, those photos are for me. They end up online or they end up like, I love to share stuff, but they're for me. Whereas the editorial right away, I'm like, okay, there's a big audience. This is the New York Times. So people are going to be reading this. I'm responsible for telling the story. I'm responsible mm -hmm. for illustrating the writer's words, uh, for bringing people into this space, into the story. So, you know, there's a responsibility that comes along with that. I can't just be willy nilly. I have to mm -hmm. at least meet an editor part way on that and respect that process. So uh, in the last three years since that initial That's really podcast, different now, isn't it? So you've, you find yeah. it easy enough. I'm learning how to make it more my own. I think I'm still a little bit reserved. I think as an editorial photographer, I would like to be weirder. And there are definitely people out there that are braver than me that are weirder. Um, there's this guy like Chris, oh, I forget his name right now. I'm blanking because literally it's so embarrassing. I forget everybody's name, but he shoots uh, editorial and advertising and he does it in such a weird, cool way. That's so fun um also my friend alexander coggin in the uk he's american but lives in london he does wonderfully experimental weird stuff um so you know there's a bunch of photographers out there who take a lot of risks i think that's the key is to getting to a point where you know what you want to say and you have so much control over the equipment that you can really have fun with it and still put a lot of meaning behind it and still elucidate the idea and um that's key that's next level you know confidence um so obviously with covid everyone's made changes like we were just saying i've had to work from my daughter's bedroom um how's that sort of impacted all of your work though because obviously like you're saying um the streets haven't been open as such have they uh, no, yeah, it changed what, what all of done? my work. Um, literally, yeah. like it's changed every aspect of my work. I haven't shot street photography in like three months now, really. Um, wow. Uh, I haven't, like, I don't want to be out there photographing people in masks. It just like bores me, like maybe to do a few of those photos, but like consistently, yeah. I, I just don't, it doesn't thrill me. It's kind of like shooting 
a parade after a while or something. I don't know. It's just not my thing or costumes or something. It's just not something that appeals to me. Um, even though it's a way of life and it's very important, but I know that so many people are, are uh, out there uh, documenting this time. So um, also I can't get close to people. So uh, it's taken me this three months to really get used to using telephoto lenses. And when I <laughs> use the telephoto lens, it's much more difficult to hold a flash in my hand and deal with the 70 to oh. 200. It's like crazy, you know, it's like impossible. Yes. So it's just kind of changed a lot of my style. And I'm using it as a learning opportunity, I think. Instead of being like really, you know, as I say, butthurt about it, I'm just trying to take um, more opportunity right now to play with natural light, to learn about, um, you know, uh using telephoto lenses and compression um about yeah. bettering my lighting um on a larger like level making things look you know just experimenting so no street photography i have been shooting a lot of flowers which is so embarrassing but it's like a meditation <laughs> <laughs> i'm just treating all these flowers like people and i'm going <laughs> around and uh but once again like i can't even with flowers i'm not using flash i've just been playing with natural light i just decided to use this time to better my skills yeah and um i still prefer flash and off-camera lighting and strobes and the not but mm. uh but it's been nice kind of getting more comfortable with natural light and getting reacquainted with natural light um i have to say it's nice to mix the two to be able to i just Oh, yeah. I'm a very technical person, yeah, and I, I never wanted to be in a position where I say I can't do something. Uh, if I want to do something, then I want to be able to do it myself and not have to rely on other people. I want to have a technical understanding of something um, mm. so that, you know, given the opportunity, I can tell exactly the sort of story that I want to tell, no matter what. Um, so that's been good for that, I think. I'm okay with that. At first, I was nervous mm. as hell. Um, no, I understand that. Well, sometimes people write me, uh, you know, I get a lot of uh, people writing me, especially technical questions. And mm. it's like, what are you doing asking me? Like, just go and try. Like, uh, yeah. that's how I learned how to do it. I'm very strict about that. I hate when people ask me technical questions. What are your settings? I like, it's so oh. boring to me. Like, yeah. I, and like, if you can't even understand that like settings change all the time, then you're yeah. in trouble. You're not a photographer yet. And yeah. you need to go and take a flash or your lights or your camera or whatever, and go out and just try it for yourself and figure it out for yourself. And mm. it's like, so obvious to me. I, I, I mean, sure, like I've looked up stuff before online, read some blogs and stuff if I had yeah. certain technical questions. But like to outrightly ask somebody, what are your settings? It's such a bore. Like you're, mm. you're just never going to be good. You're just like not ever well, going to be a good photographer. No, because what use are settings? Yeah, are you going to stand in the same position and yeah, have the same sunlight? And it's so embarrassing. I, I mean, I feel sad for those people that do that. Or what camera do you? I love those shots. What camera do you use? Like openly, yeah. I use Sony. Like. I love yeah. Sony, but if you gave me a Fuji or you gave me a Nikon or a Canon, I can do the same exact thing because all the cameras are the same nowadays and they're all good and, you know, digitally anyways. And yeah. I do love Sony though. <laughs> they don't sponsor <laughs> me or anything, but they're, yeah. they're a really cool company, I think, as far as photography goes. 
and they yeah they've been kind to me but um yeah and I, I just love my camera so much and I, you should see my horrible kitchen table right now is just covered in lenses and bags and flashes and drives right now because it's become my office and it's horrible it's um, yeah it's, <laughs> it's like that when it i mean um we've only got so much room in, in our bedroom and yeah. we put these big wardrobes in and yeah. i would say a third of my wardrobe is yeah. um prints negatives yeah. Yeah. Uh, film uh, and it's like my clothes are on top of the uh, film sometimes sometimes they're underneath whichever's more yeah. important <laughs> it's, yeah it's how you have to be into it um, yeah i mean that's the life that's the life we live i guess uh, <laughs> i mean it's quite the privilege to have a lot of lenses i feel like that's one thing like being uh going um as a becoming a pro professional photographer was mm -hmm. like um making a big investment into my gear and yeah. being more conscientious about what uh, gear I use and learning about gear and not making mistakes by spending money on things that are useless but buying yeah. things that could help me and strengthening my kit and so I just every time I have a job I try to I don't like I dress like a bum <laughs> I'm like <laughs> not the coolest person but I I literally like to um put money back into my business and yeah uh, as best I can and stuff like that i think that's wise decision on my part but um yeah mm. but it's your job though isn't it you, you know it. yeah i mean that's it and then you know with better equipment you can charge better rates and mm. um feel more confident going into scenarios that you don't always know everything that's going to happen but you're always prepared stuff like that that's important to me i think mm. i mean the only the only technical question i would ask you so because you shoot so close what sort of focal lengths are you shooting normally oh yeah um i played like i said now i've been playing around so much like um but normally i was at i used like a 40 or 50 40 50 okay yeah okay. a little bit 85 sometimes but really i like 40 i have i have a 40 zeiss lens for my sony that I just like the colors pop. I like it. And yeah. um, it's very lightweight and small. And I just get very close. I'm disgusting. I, I wonder if what's going to happen after all of this when, when things hopefully return to normal and I'm able to do the same work on the street again, yeah. how I'm going to approach it. It might take me a minute to warm up. It's a little frightening to do that. It's not mm. uh, like it leads to um, a lot of intense moments sometimes. And I don't miss that mm. part of it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Getting yelled at every day sucks so bad. So I don't. Yeah, miss that. I know yeah. a few people who shoot every single day, living like New York sort of places. Yeah. And in some ways, I'm very jealous because I know I would improve faster if I uh -huh. shot every day. But it, it's yeah. impossible for me. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, I look if I shoot once a week. Sometimes it's once uh -huh. a month yeah uh, it's just how things are um, yeah well you, you know. do what you can do you know that's it exactly also, yeah I, I have to say like coming from the editorial has been a great um uh, teacher to me with respect to how like what you need to tell a story and mm. like your neighbors are probably amazing and i think that they're mm. like i kind of like got rid of the street photography 
Um, well, I was never big on rules to begin with. I hate rules. Um, okay. You know, um, I think at first you need them to learn and stuff, but then after you just have to shove them away and just make the kind of work you want to make at whatever way yeah. you want to make it. Um, but I think editorial has taught me that, like, you, you know, you could literally use your neighbors and tell an amazing story and you could practice on your neighbors. I mean, people like Mark Cohen, you know, like, hmm. you know, shot his whole life two blocks or whatever and made incredible work. And I think there's this like preconceived notion that you have to be in a busy city with like new people all the time, but you can actually do amazing work with just the few things around you. So you should keep shooting every day. You should shoot your daughters. You should shoot your yeah. neighbors, your local strip, whatever. Mm. You know? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I've been doing a fair bit during COVID really. I shot more of my yeah, daughter. Good, good. Yeah. And I say I've been doing yeah. this other side project. Um, it's my first documentary work about oh, yeah. COVID and people in the yeah. village. Yeah. So I've took a picture of, um, the refuse collectors that take our rubbish. Yeah. Uh, I've taken um, my butcher, uh, a local okay. lady who owns a horse, a uh, local star. Yeah. Uh, and I'm awesome. doing that room prints myself. Yeah, that's great. So it, yeah. it's been it's been great. Yeah. I mean, um, we're all we're very privileged. There's some people that have lost everything, but you know, folks mm. like us, you have to use that time if you're a healthy person with like uh, a minimal of financial strength right now you, you know you have to use it for good and then you have to use your time for good and for and for self to really appreciate you know the position that you're in and just make yeah. the most of it right i don't yeah, know I you have so. to yeah. i mean let, I let's face lucky. it there's going to be a lot of changes um yes new world uh, now i mean if you if you think back maybe two weeks ago there was nothing about statues there was nothing about um ethnic problems there was nothing uh -huh. and then all of a sudden we've got all this protest worldwide yeah so it's awesome it's... yeah i'm a, uh yeah i mean i think for a lot of people there was that they were living with this and um and so it existed for you know many 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 years yeah. um it's just now that we're all taking on the mantle of it and we're all recognizing our play and part in it um yeah i mean what a in, in some ways it's an incredible moment mm. it's a heartbreaking moment it's an incredible moment and yeah the world will not be the same again i know in los angeles like it's so heartening to see the protests and everything that uh, that is the changes that are slowly coming from it and the intention yeah. um and, and then you know but then also COVID is still on the rise here and so it's just mm. a clashing of things uh, you know well yeah um, you know there's obviously massive pl political problems and I know you're a political yeah. person and yes. you know I, I we at the end of the day we're talking about photography here but yeah, we yeah, are yeah. people with opinions at the end of the day aren't we and yeah you know we see these problems of corrupt police officers i mean yeah it, it's disgusting what happened yeah with uh, I mean, it's, it, yeah it's insane i mean but it's been happening for so long and also mm. i think like just like you know i yeah uh, i have some very extreme sentiments um, yeah. i guess but like i i often feel like i don't take 
offense or do take offense or whatever. But I often feel like um, the patriarchy stands in the way of women's greatness. And I've thought that my whole life. And, and then, you know, it becomes very clear that white people stand in the way of black greatness. And Hmm. what does that mean? Like if, yeah, I mean, you can talk about this in terms of photography very easily. Yeah. The, you know, the industry, I don't know, in the UK, but definitely here in the United States has been skewed so heavily for so long towards, you know, white male photographers that Hmm. there, you know, there's no room for black greatness. There's no room for people of color to to make a living doing photography to share their amazing outlook on the world to i mean we're literally standing in the way of that that's crazy to me i I think Mm. about street photography all the time i've said this for years like there's a reason why there's no or not many black street photographers because it's dangerous for them it's dangerous like it's just literally you take your life in your own hands you go out on the street and you know i think we all take that for granted we don't talk about it and then also just access to showing work to sharing work to the blogs to the galleries to the museums and all the way up the chain and there's no room for black greatness and what the f and you know i feel as a queer woman sometimes i want to rage that like the patriarchy stands in my way i can't like to be you know a black person right now to recognize that the whole world stands in the way of you your greatness like just literally it's just mm. like would be infuriating you would uh, for me personally i would be raging like and so i get the anger on the street makes perfect sense to me and i'm so mm. proud of uh of all these people coming forward and support um um yeah the conversations that are happening and the wounds that are being opened and looked at and you know like i partake in an industry that literally stands in the way and uh, i mean i hope that changes a lot i don't know I, my i'm not great at crowds so i haven't been going to the protest i feel very strongly against white people photographing the protest that's something i had a lot of editors come to me and say hey are you shooting in la Hmm. these protests what's going on and i was offended by it and um i think it's not my story to tell and this is a perfect opportunity for the right people to frame their own stories and uh me and a bunch of friends got together and um and i don't want to talk about this too much because i want it to be about the photographers and not about us but we came together and made a list that ended up being almost a thousand photographers at this point black photographers not only for those that are shooting the protest, but also down the road, like hire black photographers for everything. Like, yeah. I mean, what, like, why do you think a black person can't photograph, uh, I don't know, like literally anything, anything from yeah. ads to, it doesn't have to be skewed to black culture. It's like insane. I don't know. I, I get very <laughs> uh, upset about it. I, it's no. sad. Yeah. It's really, it's a sad thing. It's sad. It's all this uh passion and protest comes from a very sad place you know? yeah so but no, uh, there's, there's a lot of history there that went like you say it's been like you yeah. say it's been going on for a very long time um yeah it's, t- it's time to make changes and in photography those that can should make changes it makes it doesn't even take a lot it's just not being an asshole it's just literally like yeah finding interest in the things that are outside of your own small circle like 
street photography is always going to be more interesting when you have different viewpoints always any any of those like like a people or whatever that that literally are out there believing that like their small corner of the world is the only important one are ruining photography it's like just like all art is better when it's given room diversity different expression Yeah, yeah it's just so that's my take on that i don't want to be somebody that stands in the way anymore and uh, I know it's going to take a long time for us. Our, at least in the United States, our systems are built on oppression. And um, hmm. yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to imagine, especially with our government now, how to unravel that, how to even start to think about it, how to make it better. I mean, it's not going to happen in a day, that's for damn sure. You know. No, no. Um, <laughs> it's... Those are my crazy ideas. I just <laughs> Yeah, it's not a case of putting two people in a room. Right, let's sort out equality. Yeah, we go, it's done. not even... I mean, exactly. It's just... But, like, we can all do stuff. We can all make room. That's it. Yeah. Make room, respect, love, hmm. conversate, like, you know, recognize that you can't be the only voice in the room. That's it. Like, make room, hmm. stand aside. Champion yeah. people who are oppressed and recognize the social uh constructs that hold them back and are hurting them because you know it's just not right it's just like it ruins us it ruins us as a country it's just a shame you know yeah i i agree and i know we were speaking earlier and saying um you know i've looked back at my guests and i was really um hoping i'd not made the same mistakes as every other white man and yeah. uh, you know, I look back and I thought, oh, there, there's a female model, there's a female, there's a male model, and right. there's a female photographer. Oh, there's another female photographer. My first ever interview was a female street photographer, yeah. uh, and I thought, yeah, you know, what I try and do is diversity. Um, I don't think of color and race. I, I'm, sometimes I don't oh, even sure. know. Yeah, and like you say, yeah. You know, even you're helping me think about this. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wish we were in a place where we didn't have to think about race and, uh, yeah. you know, gender and all of it and uh, queer politics and everything. But we're not there yet at all. We have to be having these conversations. We have to talk about them. We can't just rely on because there's so much bias. There's so much internalized bias that to just let it keep going as it is, it just doesn't work. It's like broken system. So, yeah, and has then it, I think, yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Has it ever caused you um, an issue in your life or your career, your career then, your sexuality? Yeah, of course. Like, yeah? I mean, you know, to look at me, I'm not a typical looking woman and I, it's been hard my entire life. I, I would okay. say for sure, but I'm so loud and outspoken and I don't care. And I'm very <laughs> rebellious and I have a fire in me that like, I just keep fighting and I keep tr doing my best to support, you know, people that don't have a voice. That's all I, I can do. You know, I'm loud and outspoken, so yeah. I have to use my voice and it probably doesn't do much, but yeah, I've definitely, I often think, like, wow, if I was a dude, I, I'd be 
at the top of my game, I imagine, financially and otherwise, but I'm not. You know, there are people who like hmm. ask me questions every day about Flash. And if I did a workshop, like, you know, probably nobody would take it. I think I, ha I ran into this with like um, some, I think I ran into this situation before for a couple of festivals where they offered and like, I have so much to impart, so much to teach. Yeah. And like, I think a lot of guys don't want to learn from a woman. That's just straight up. Oh God, that's you know? awful. It's just like, but then good. Like, who cares? I'll teach the women that are interested. It's always women that like want, like, you know, but the guys just want the quick advice, the free, but they don't, you know, want to support me or empower me or, you know, respect that's me in that way. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I've had some bad, bad experiences. Um, but, you know, I just keep pushing and I keep using my power for good and I keep checking myself and that's all I can do, you know? I keep mm. working hard. Yeah, I, I just wanna work hard. You know, this is the path that I'm on, it is what it is. And I, I think street photography, honestly, is a very queer idea. <laughs> like, that's the truth. It's an outsider sport, it's like, you know, people who are doing street photography aren't in the mix, they're watching from the sidelines. And like, I think the way I approach it anyways, is like, I think I'm comfortable doing it because I'm queer and I grew up queer. I came out like 30 years ago. And like, hmm. I think that, you know, always being on the outside, when you're always on the outside, it gives you a certain perspective um that's quite positive it's interesting it's an interesting yeah. perspective you know and and i love street photography for that it's also very rebellious and it's like yeah, you know it's... people are constantly wanting to squash public photography but oh yes you know oh i could talk to you for days about that like hmm. you you definitely want to keep public photography alive and the right to do so it's very important it's important as a you know, not just for street photography, just for balance and power. And like right mm. now there's cameras everywhere. I know London has cameras door to door everywhere. Mm. You can track somebody across the city, um, for example. And that's quite the case in many American cities too. And like, who do you want, you know, watching you? And we want to have records and documents of our personal, um, uh, of our public lives. It's so yeah. interesting to look at 50 years from now, 100 years from now, look back oh, on like, yeah. You know, we love seeing that stuff from like a hundred years ago. I can watch that like weird footage all day long of like people with their horse and buggies going through New York City. Just love it. This is so cool. Yeah, like, you know, is. it's fascinating. It connects us to our history. It's like, let gives us insight onto how we've grown, how we haven't, who we are, who we were. Like, it's so important. So, oh, I, I mean, I not not so. everybody uses it for good, though. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. Yeah, no. it, I think it. In a way, it got worse recently because previously law started um, affecting everyone, and I had a few mates said, "What are you going to do one day?" And I sort of was put off a bit because I wasn't sure. Um, because I don't go out often enough, I I'm, don't have that right mentality. I'm not brave enough, and um, mm. when I do go out, I really feel um, like I'm invading someone's privacy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you're just like, well. You shouldn't ever because you're out in the public. Yeah, I mean, oh. they're already out there. It just depends on intention. I guess we all have our own internal intentions and sometimes we recognize them and sometimes we don't. Yeah. And 
it's very important to kind of recognize why you're photographing people. And um, I do my best at not to photograph people who have less power than me if possible. I yeah. have no problem asking people for photographs. Like, I don't care. Whatever it takes to get the photo, because it's the photo in the end that's important. It's mm. not about tricking somebody or sneaking up on them and tricking them to get a photo. It has nothing to do with that. It's about like, what do you want to say about people in general? What is it mm. about this person that you like? What does it say about me? What is it teaching me about me? Um, how are we connecting? Are we not connecting? All of those amazing questions are so much more important than did you get it candidly or not? I mean, like, oh. what a bore. I mean, what a yeah. waste of energy that is. Like, I don't like those kind of rules. I mean, they just don't help our community at all. At no. all. I, it makes me ashamed to say street photography. It's so embarrassing sometimes, you know? Yeah. Just get the photo. You can make a great photo. Like, know what but you're trying only, to say but only if it's on a leica as well remember yeah totally and you're like an old, old white dude with a white beard that is, <laughs> and a fedora on and you know yeah or you have like crazy zoom lenses or whatever i mean just like take like connect with people it's such a beautiful tool for connecting with people we're like so on a path towards not connecting with each other now with covid hmm. with politically or so consumed and separated that like photography in a weird way especially street photography and public photography is a way for us to connect to talk to each other to meet strangers you wouldn't meet otherwise to have conversations to learn about respect to learn about personal space and all of it it's just like recognizing that you're part of something bigger than you it's quite beautiful i think and mm -hmm. uh, important um people who are just out there to like get a cool image uh, or like up their friends or whatever it's just like you're just like on another level <laughs> from how i feel about it all i feel like you, you got a lot to learn if that's how what's motivating you um so you know yeah hmm. it's funny because uh i read somewhere that your yeah, work has been quoted as bottled and uh, a type of voyeurism yeah. Now, oh, would yeah. you say that was a compliment or a critique? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, anybody who's taking photos as a voyeur, like, end of story. Like, I'm not ashamed of that title. Yeah. I mean, like, we're looking at things. Hmm. Even when I'm not taking photos, I'm looking at things. I'm constantly, I'm not the kind of person that carries a camera generally with me everywhere. I don't find that to be effective for the way that I work. Okay. And it also is very hard on the people around me because I go into a zone. I become very physically affected and I focus mm. and I lose track of anybody that I'm with and it's not very kind. Um, so I only, I'm very conscientious of the times that I go and photograph. It's like a moment that I go and do. Um, mm. I, I, so it's like definitely like today I'm going to look at things and how is it gonna make me feel and what am I gonna see? And I, I'm framing my life. And so that's voyeurism, I mean, I don't know, right? And then, mm. And then uh, bold, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I got very close to people, or I, I was. I hope I continue to be able to do that. I think, like, photography, it, sometimes it just feels so, like, bland and cold when it's really pulled back. I think, mm. bit learn, like, like I said, like, editorial has taught me a lot about really using all the tools in the bag. And I think, you know, some of my work can be, quite claustrophobic and sometimes I go back and look on it and I'm like oh man I, I need to like 
this isn't a one shot up close. It's like a few shots. Maybe I get one far, one close, and, and then some details, and then it's like a full picture. Um, yeah. I'm starting to think of work that way instead of just one shot. But I love the intimacy. I love like the smack in the face of things. I love the larger than life quality that flash affords when you're close. It's really cool. And the truth is like, you know, just technically speaking with one handed flash, I mean, there's only so much power that comes out of that. And so hmm. you, you have to kind of be close to get the zhuzh too. I mean, that's just probably part of what motivates me. Um, the stronger the light you have, the more lights you have, the further back you can be and it still look amazing. Um, so there's just like technical limits to off camera flash. Uh, you really have to like work the battery and work the flash to death in order to constantly be far back with a little flash. Like it's just not, it's always going to be a little bit disappointing, I think. Um, so there's that, but yeah, I just love intimacy. I love the, just, I want to see the pores. I want to see the people. I want to get close. I mean, look at even I'm sitting close to my phone right now. I'm, just, I'm probably a psychopath. I don't know. I'm probably like a total creep. <laughs> Who knows? But it's, I like visceral experiences. I want people to have a visceral experience when they look at my work. I love color yeah. so much. I want you to be able to feel the photograph. I want you to feel like you're there. Um, I don't want you to, to to do the hard labor of trying to figure out what I was trying to say. I'm just going to show you right away. Like if you look yeah. at my photo, it's pretty much clear what I'm trying to say. And oh, I, yes. I'm quite, yeah, I'm quite proud of that, I, of that, that I've been able to control the frame so well. I think that comes from filmmaking. I learned the importance of um, mm -hmm. you know, focal length and stuff and how it um, pulls emotions and what it does. You know, there's so many brilliant filmmakers that use it so well, you know, to make mm -hmm. you uncomfortable or to make you at ease or to give you broader picture. You know, once you learn what all the different focal lengths do to you as a viewer, um, you become a stronger artist, I think. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll take bold and voyeuristic. I mean, I hope it's done or said kindly. I mean, I think I only photograph, I'm not, I hate people who make fun of people. I was bullied really badly throughout my life. And mm. I am very, very conscientious of putting people at ease and not making fun of anybody that just like destroys me. People who use photography for that are horrible. And yeah. um, I know what my intentions are. And I only photograph people that I think are interesting or beautiful. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna like enjoy being photographed. And I have to reckon yeah. with that. I mean, that's their right to yell at me, really, kind of. But um, at least I know in my heart where I stand on stuff. And I, I hope people take from the photograph something kind and gentle and, um, you know, just like wonder, I guess. I think these people are wonderful. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a cool thing. I think it's really nice that you've had this prior experience doing film. Yeah. And you've not come into the industry of doing street um, from um, learning off anyone else. You've just yeah. created your own style, despite what anyone says about you. Um, like you say, you, you, ha you didn't know anyone. You had no influences, <laughs> did you? So yeah. yeah. And what's so funny to me is like literally like ages ago, uh, when I first started sharing my work online, like I had a Tumblr, 
it still exists somewhere. And um, I was constantly putting it up. And then I was sending that Tumblr out to every blog, boom, the blogger, well, anybody that was like yeah. listening. And I would send my work out and wait. And I got into so many fights with people who were like, this isn't street photography or flash isn't good for street photography. It's so many people have comments about flash, sorry, or closeness. And yeah. um I was like constantly fighting with people. I got crazy. I was like, uh, like standing up for myself uh, every day, all the time. Anybody I would reach out to had a negative comment about my work. And now it's funny to me that like people now really enjoy it and are mimicking it and stuff. It's so silly to me. <laughs> like it's crazy. Trends yeah. are so stupid. <laughs> I mean, uh... that's kind of what I take from that. But um. You know, you just have to really believe in what you have to say and figure that out. That's number one. That's our goal. That's our mission as artists is try and understand what you want to say. And that's what you have to perfect. Not necessarily the technical comes later. It naturally comes along because you have to know how to say it in that way. But the first thing is to understand yourself and your what you want to say, mm. not what Bruce Gelden did or what Martin Parr did or any of the other folks that, I mean, bravo to them, but like, damn, mm. what? I don't care. <laughs> I, don't know. I, mm. I have this one life to go through and I'm going through it and yeah. I, I, I want to pick it apart and understand it. And that's all I got. These are my tools. It's all I got. So mm. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's really cool. Well, we are now through the uh, formal part of the interview, Michelle. So thanks for that. Oh um, yeah, good. I hope I didn't I get to... crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> am I going to listen to this and like, oh, it's been so tense here, you know, that like all yeah. these emotions and feelings are on the surface. None of us are acting like we usually, I think. And no, I hope I sounded okay. <laughs> no, no, of course you did. What I want to do now is take you through mm. my infamous um, random questions. Oh yeah, sure, sure, cool. So uh, here we go. I thought you earlier with this one. So um, you get to either punch, give a present, or have a uh -huh. pint with each of the following. So okay. you've got Michelle Obama, uh -huh, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer, uh -huh. or Michelle Visage. Oh my god. So oh my god, Michelle Oh god, can we change punch? I would never punch somebody. <laughs> I'm so anti-violent. Um maybe dismiss. Dismiss, dismiss, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dismiss. Um oh, they're all very interesting actually, but I guess I would definitely have a pint with wait, what was it? Pint uh, dismiss uh present. Present and, and a pint. Uh, have a pint. drink. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, that's so funny to me. Um, I would probably give a present to Michelle Obama, although having a pint with her would be amazing. Um, mm. But uh, I would uh, have a pint with Michelle Visage. Uh, I've been in a room with her before. And she's a very interesting person and she probably has some really good stories to tell. Oh, gotcha. And um, Michelle Pfeiffer, I would dismiss because like, uh, I just don't, uh, relate at all <laughs> no, you, yeah you don't like she the hollywood was a big deal when i was a kid but like yes yeah, yeah. it's kind of you know what i mean if i had to i mean i would have a pint with all of them honestly like why not but no yeah okay thank you <laughs> <laughs> um what is the perfect 
What is the perfect headline featuring your name? Huh. Um... Michelle sells them. One million portraits. Uh, <laughs> Shell yeah, conquers be... uh, equality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Um, Where do yeah, you see this? I guess like um, Michelle empowered. You know, however many young female identifying artists to chase their dreams. That would be really awesome. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So I that think what you need awesome. to do in 10 or 20 years, if yeah. podcasts still exist, play it back and see if you've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try and do that every day. I mean, honestly, like, that's my mission. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, yeah. Well, it's when somebody's in your it's... corner, and it's, it's freaking awesome. Like, I learned that firsthand. Yeah. Those two women that we, Toby Kostman and Anna Alexander, changed my life. And to have somebody in your corner with some power is life-changing and yeah. you know what's really interesting is that like not even that interesting like from the one percent to all men anywhere they all um they bring their brothers up you know what i mean and i think mm -hmm. um oppressed people and uh and women in can really learn from that we have to pull each other up we have to learn yeah. to like empower each other not fight against each other but to use that trick and to pull our sisters in and um and create our own spaces to build power from um i think that's really important uh mm. just want to say that just light no. <laughs> a little light <laughs> just a little, little light <laughs> just a side of that <laughs> just a little side though <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, that's cool yeah, yeah. um right your next one what will come first first contact with aliens or a female president oh fuck sadly like aliens i'm so sad about it i mean i i have oh, no faith i have zero faith i mean you know i have zero faith in the treatment hillary, of women sadly hillary came so close you think she came close she didn't come close and no. now we're stuck with biden i just like mm. i hope to god like you know, I'm so disappointed in Biden as a choice, but like honestly, I I have to support. Like we all have to come together and support to get this dumb truck out of the office. And yeah. Um, but I don't think Hillary came close at all. And the the actual negativity, if you listen to it, was so brutal mm. that it's just yeah. I think anybody can make it into office before a woman. Sadly, it's so sad. At least in America, we're far, far behind. Uh, elsewhere, yeah. it's a different story, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think it was 70s here. Yeah, with, there you with go. Margaret Thatcher. Um, yeah. yeah. And she was so... lovely, was she? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation, but at least she made it in. I don't know. There's some fear of women's power here that uh, boggles my damn mind, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be remembered, put it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I won't say I was celebrating as a young, as a young boy. Uh, oh, to yeah. be fair, I don't know how old I was. I might have been yeah. 16. So oh, I probably man, didn't yeah. know everything. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it affected it. you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, affects everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, uh, next one. Um, 
what did your parents tell you off for the most when you were young? Uh, the most was probably skipping school. Um, oh. When I was young, I was a horrible student. I was so bored in class and I didn't relate to anyone. I was having all these issues with being queer and stuff. And I, yeah. until I had an art teacher and an English teacher come and scoop me up, I would literally skip class. I say this all the time. I wasn't even cool. I wasn't out doing drugs or partying or doing anything illicit or fun. I was reading by my locker. I'm big on reading and reading really saved me, I think. And yeah. I used it as a safety blanket almost. And I would literally skip all my classes and read by my locker. And then the teacher would walk down the hall and find me and pull me into the office and I'd get in trouble. My parents were like, what is happening? <laughs> like, um, yeah, so I was a pretty good kid, but I was bored and restless, and that's it. I almost failed at a school because of that. I like, yeah, yeah. I was being bullied. I was, like the whole thing was just horrible, horrible experience. Oh, but that would probably true. be it. Yeah. Well, I yeah, think it's okay. it's I turned out all right. <laughs> well, I think it's defined who you are. Yes, very much so. And that's not always a great thing because I don't wish you ever had to go through it. Yeah. Same as I never had to go through it. I, I think bullying was everywhere, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I still think it is. Um, yeah. I was bullied slightly in some ways as yeah. well. It's horrible stuff. Um, yeah, it's not healthy. Nah, for nah. Anybody. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's stupid stuff. I, I wish um, all these things didn't exist, you know. Poverty yeah, yeah, is yeah. Uh, one of the things yeah. that, you know, really annoys me more than anything, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so no, well, thank you for going through that. Um, yeah, that's fun. I always like to. Have Thanks a bit for of fun. having me. No, it's cool. Um, it, it's really cool to talk to someone with such an interesting take on street photography as well. Oh yeah, thank you. And, and obviously, the way you do portraits as well in street vein. I mean, you don't even have to tell us what you're trying to do because. I think yeah. it's just so in, in your face that it's obvious what you're trying to do. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, That's a great compliment. Yeah, no, maybe one day I'll be more mysterious, but for now, <laughs> I'm very controlling, I guess. You're, you're going to look at this. <laughs> I th that'll be like your uh, 200 mil uh, sort okay. of gallery you'll do. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. <laughs> in in yeah. a... Uh, a traditional glamour sort of photograph. Yeah, totally. I, mean, I I always want to leave room for everything. Like I never want anybody to tell me I can't do anything. That's my rebellious side. And yes. if 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 it's glamour shots and headshots, and that's what I want to do, then that's what I want to do. Like get out of my way. And uh, I just uh, yeah. And I hope I inspire people who are listening listening to this or watching this that uh, that like ignore the rules and make the work you want to make no matter what it's called or what people are telling you just that's the way to real uh, i think happiness is just self-expression and uh, authorship and autonomy and uh and self-love yeah. self-love self -love, no. for sure Time no that's that cool yeah i yeah. think we've got i think that's come through clear um do you mm -hmm. want to tell everybody uh, the best place to check out your work michelle yeah, not my website because it's two years old. It's Unless you want to see the Wired program, thank you. <laughs> um, it's going to be even more lovely when I uh, update it with all the work I've been doing. Um, but Instagram is probably the best. It's just Michelle Groskoff. Okay, oh, Michelle that's cool. Groskoff. That's a good so, way to uh, keep up. 
no that's cool thank you for that uh obviously i'll put all yeah, the links you. in the show notes on the website oh yeah um, who would you like to recommend uh, to come on the show as a future guest have you got anyone oh, you yeah. could think of oh that, yeah um, might be a bit like, different totally um alexander coggin is such a treat to hear talk um and oh i'm blanking right now but can i send you a little list because yeah yeah send me a list because folks. like you say I, I i need to listen i need to think about um not yeah. just females blacks uh, I need to think of everything. So I'm happy with any suggestions. Yeah. Open your horizons. It will be a better world for there sure. You go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll learn from you as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a book. Because <laughs> Michelle told me to, so I'm doing it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that's it's fantastic. <laughs> I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you, Michelle. It's been oh, great. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, me too. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. thank you so much i'm glad you reached out hey guys i just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to that episode it's really appreciated um it was really cool to bring you someone like michelle and you can probably see a change in some of the uh some of the style of the interview and some of the guests that i'm going to be going with um as i've always said this is always going to reflect on my interests um the learning i'm doing uh, and things like that um and obviously now we you know current affairs has changed everything so interviewing people like uh, robert point 51 um, is just a fabulous resource for me um, when you appreciate uh, magazines like this uh, it's really nice to um, get to know the people behind the scenes so in a sense, you know, Michelle was similar in that um, sort of area. Uh, I'd actually been a subscriber of Wired for years and not realising I'd seen her photography was uh, quite a nice treat, I'll tell you. Um, so yeah, there's going to be many more um, like that to come. I still haven't pinned down whether I can keep doing this weekly or whether it'll be uh, twice weekly. We're going to have to see. Uh, as you can see on my social media feeds, I'm actually quite um, tied up at the minute, um, learning a little bit more about the doubt room, uh, and I'm trying to split my um, time between that, this, and doing some nice things for uh, a couple of local people. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, i am actually been doing a little bit of um, shooting black and white photos uh, of a couple of uh, local residents and i've been making prints of them my idea is just to do it as a thank you to them um and it's been uh, quite a nice journey some some lovely comments it means i'm back doing something i love um i will improve it um it's just like photography you have your good days your bad days and when you think you've learned something um someone mentioned something can you back at square one again uh, but it's all cool to me um, it, it's all about learning uh, and i'm here for the long haul so i don't care if it takes me 10 years to get better uh, i'm not rushing uh so yes yeah, so that's what i've been doing um i've still got many plans to do articles for people um publications and that but um i'm still trying to chill out to be honest um, I'm enjoying reading books, 
and it's not something I can do regularly um, when I'm podcasting. Uh, it takes away a lot of time for things like research, um, finding guests, checking them out, uh, editing, things like that. And it sort of distracts you because you're all um, about photography. So I found it quite difficult to sit down and read books that have nothing to do with photography. And it's things I've read for years. So so that's uh, quite nice. Uh, and obviously I'm very busy at work. So uh, the strain of that sometimes uh, interferes because at the end of the day I'm mentally drained a little bit. But usually after a little bit of time with my daughters after their work, uh, I'm not too bad. And we've still got light nights here, so it's all quite nice. Um, had some lovely weather. And um, it's meaning I can do things at a weekend because we're still in this sort of state of COVID. Uh, lockdown's still in effect. So I'm only shooting close to me, my local city. I'm keeping away from people. For as long as I can and I know things are much much better and I'm probably over the top but um, it's my life and I choose to be uh, safe and secure if I want to be so um, you will see some more uh, black and white shots soon coming from me so do keep checking out the social media and obviously if um, you really like the show please do think about leaving an iTunes review. Um, It is very much appreciated. If you don't have iTunes, then um, just drop a review on Facebook, for instance. If you just go to Facebook and then forward slash flogger.kk, there is a reviews tab there. Uh, I do appreciate anything uh, people leave there. And you can actually leave a review on Google. So, for instance, if you were searching for... um, me is my my blog alias so flogger put that into google um, and that normally shows you your list of results and if i'm at the top uh, then on the right hand side there's a review button there sort of like where the map and uh, times and everything are of a business you will see i've got some reviews on there already um, from people i've worked with so uh, I just think it's a nice way to reward people. I know it's something I do for everybody, anyone I work with. I'm quite happy to leave them reviews. So um, that's about all for me. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the last uh, sort of few episodes. And I know uh, last week's was a little bit different. The one-off one about mental health. Um, I do hope to do maybe more one-offs like this every now and then and obviously now we're on the big countdown 11 more shows and we're at 100 so um, thank you so much for keep listening please do keep sharing it with your friends and like-minded individuals and i will see you in the next episode cheers everyone Thank mm-hmm. you.